Are you tired of hearing mental health from a superficial view and want to hear about realistic views? Well, you come to the right place, a space where healing is central, but also normalized. Your hosts, Donika and Myra, who are in the mental health field, will explore topics to help promote healing in your everyday life. Through our podcast, you will get the real and the work to focus on your healing. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Hold on, give me one second to think. Mm, I want to do it something about like buying stuff. Okay, if you um, have to stock up on one thing for this coronavirus epidemic, let's say we're like locked in our houses for 30 days. If you mm-hmm. have to buy like one thing in bulk, what would it be and why? Hmm. Let me see. Well, I really like to make green smoothies, so I would say spinach. <laughs> it's one thing that I would need. That's like the essential ingredient for a green smoothie. I have one like every day and you know, they're, it's a great immune boost, immune system booster. So I would say spinach. <laughs> Me too. Did you know Trader Joe's? Do you guys have Trader Joe's out there? We do. There's okay. not one that, that close to me, but yeah, there's one in Richmond area. Trader Joe's has this really good mix. It's spinach, kale, and I think like spinrilla or something like that. But because I make a green smoothie like every day too. So I'm like the mm-hmm. Trader Joe's pack that has all that mixed together is just easy to, instead of having to get spinach separately and then kale separately. So yeah. What about you? Oh, wow. Okay. I guess I need to get on the green um, smoothie uh, cleanse. I have not. I do not have <laughs> green smoothies. <laughs> I need to get on it. Because um, like you just said, it's good for your immune system, but it's good also just to have like all your things kind of packed into one so you don't have to be like, did I get my, you know, amount of vegetables and fruits and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in regards to right. the discussion question, what would I like to have? I don't know. Uh, I like, I do like food. Um, Myra, you got something while I think. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What would mine be? I think it would have to be like a fruit pack. Like, you know how you can order fruit where you can get an assortment of like different fruits? I think I would get one of those, like different fresh fruits and stuff. Hmm. I know a lot of people buy a lot of canned stuff and I don't, it was a struggle for me because I was like, I don't eat canned food. I always eat fresh food. So I was like, I don't know what to buy. So I've been right. buying like my regular stuff, just a little bit extra of it and stuff I can freeze, but I'm not really into canned food. So this has even been hard for me with that part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like canned food. Um, like okay. it's fine. Like I'm, I've grown up where like you just season it real good and you make it work. Um, but I like thinking of it. I just want to have like my favorite snack. I love Cheez-Its. <laughs> I love Cheez-Its. So I would love to have some Cheez-Its to get me through. Um, okay. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce you, Jasmine. So um, Jasmine McLaughlin is a licensed clinical social worker based in Richmond, Virginia. She is the owner and founder of Empowered to Thrive Counseling and Wellness, LLC, and she specializes in treating adults with anxiety and depression. Jasmine's mission is to help her clients heal, thrive, and take back their lives. When she is not in therapy sessions with clients, Jasmine enjoys going to Zumba and yoga classes at the gym, spending time with family and friends, cooking, reading a good book, and eating sushi. Yes. Welcome, Jasmine. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. 
Great. And just to let our listeners know, the topic that we're going to be discussing today is creating healthy boundaries to overcome superwoman persona. So before we kind of dive into that topic, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Jasmine, and how you became interested in the field of social work? Sure. So it sounds kind of cliche, but I've always enjoyed helping people. And I was really drawn to the field of social work because I was a sociology major in undergrad. And I knew that I wanted to pursue something that would involve direct contact with people, not just being primarily research-based, but also have a heavy emphasis on social justice, which social work heavily emphasizes. Um, Just equality and justice for people in, in different ways. So, and social welfare, that's heavily emphasized as well. So I feel like that's what separates social work from counseling or other professions, um, even those in the mental health field. So that's why I've also, you know, been on the receiving end of um, mental health, like growing up, just having struggles like every other um, adolescent and teenager. So I knew that I wanted to help empower people to live their best lives as I um, have been empowered to do the same. Absolutely. We can never have enough social workers yeah. um, and those in the helping professions. So um, we, know, we know you reached out to us to be a guest on the podcast. Can you please share, uh, one, I want to know how you, how you found us, Black Women's Healing Podcast, but also just your stance on the importance of your work with Black women and our healing in specific. Yeah, um, I think I found you guys originally on Instagram. So mm-hmm. I, I tend to follow a lot of pages that uh, are focused on minority mental health, particularly um, the mental health of Black people and Black women and, um, in general. So I think I found you guys that way. And I've just been looking for ways to connect with other businesses, um, podcasts, bloggers that are focused on Black women's healing and mental health. And so in my practice, I would say that I, I do have a lot of Black women that I serve. And I think that um, it's becoming more common just with platforms like Therapy for Black Girls and mm-hmm. other um, platforms that are focused on connecting Black women to the resources that they need um, to get the mental health care that they deserve. And I think it's so important because historically we have been um, marginalized and not had access to proper health care. So the more visible that I can be um, and the more that I can really share like what I offer to people and they can kind of get to know me and what I offer before sitting in my chair, it, it makes people more comfortable and it kind of helps to dispel any myths or stigmas that are out there about yes. seeking mental health care. Yes, definitely. That work is so important. I'm happy that you're doing it. Yeah. Um, for our listeners who don't know about Black women's superwoman persona, can you define it for them so they have a better understanding of it? Sure. I would just say that on the most, um, on a very basic level, it's it's really just this idea that we, as Black women, have to do it all and um, do it all, you know, in our families, in our households, um, in the workplace, just in general, whether it's trying to overcompensate just to prove ourselves because we have historically been marginalized or just because that's what the expectation has been um, for so long. You know, even during slavery, we were primarily the caregivers 
um, mm. and, and the caregivers for white families in addition to our own families. So I think that that persona and that trope has just carried through for generations um, with that expectation that we kind of have to carry the world on our shoulders when, when really that's not healthy um, and it's just not sustainable for, for people to, to keep on carrying that burden. Yep, most definitely. What makes Black women superwoman persona different from other ethnicities and races? Well, I think that, you know, women in general have the pressure to do it all in our families, especially ever since women's entered the workplace. Because, you know, if we have children, we have to come home and care for the children in addition to working a 40-hour work week. So I think that women in general have that pressure, but I think it hits Black women in particular, just because of the history um, and, you know, what we experienced during slavery, um, having to care for other people's families in addition to our own, and um, sometimes having to be single parents because, you know, we may not have had um, a, a male figure to help us in the family, whether because of separation during slavery or incarceration or, or other things that, um, you know, have affected Black men disproportionately. So I think that's where the difference lies. It's just because of the discrimination that we have experienced, um, it just makes that superwoman persona unique to Black women yeah. um, and different from other races. Yeah, most definitely. For sure. Um, before we go into the next question, do you think that the Black woman super, the Black woman superwoman persona has like, changed over like the last let's say 10 years hmm. I mean I think at its core the the whole idea is probably the same it, it may have evolved just because um our culture has evolved and you know there's just been so much more um you know technology has evolved so all these things that like information has evolved. So I think maybe it, it presents itself in different ways, but in general, the concept is the same about us feeling like we have to do it all. So how it presents itself may be different now, just because, you know, more black women are, are starting businesses or, um, or yeah, doing more outside of the home and, and having to do more in the home too. So, so there's really no break that we get from that, um, from that pressure. So I think it may present itself differently, but it's still there. Same. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks for asking that question. It was just something in my brain. I was like, wait, I wonder, you know, uh, thinking if, if it has changed in any type of way, mm -hmm. but you're right. Regardless mm -hmm. if it even has, even if it's changed in certain ways, it's still there. Um, right. Exactly. If there are any positives for black women with this persona? Well, I think with anything, I mean, because because it's a persona that highlights the strength of Black women, um, that can be a positive because being strong is a good thing. Um, but I think on the other hand, it's just this idea that um, of what it's just like, what does that strength mean or what does that look like to people? And I think oftentimes people um, think that strength means, you know, not not seeking help, not asking for help, or not needing help. 
Um, so it can be a positive because being strong is a positive, being resilient is a positive, you know, being able to withstand hard times and, and deal with things on your own. That can be a positive thing um, if it means that you're independent and, you know, you can um, manage things yourself. However, you know, on the, on the other, on the flip side of that, it's like, as human beings, we do need each other and we can't do everything ourselves. Um, we do have a breaking point. So I think you just have to look at both sides. Like anything in, it, in its extreme can be a negative. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I think that, you know, one of the things that we're talking about in specifics on this episode is using, using healthy boundaries to kind of um, not even dismantle, but kind of decrease like the need to be this a uh, superwoman. So can you describe your definition of what healthy boundaries versus unhealthy boundaries um, may be? Well, I would say that, um, you know, boundaries in general are just the, the limits that we set for ourselves. Some people's boundaries are more rigid. Some people have more fluid boundaries and some people have what we would call like healthy boundaries, like you just said. Um, so I would say that a healthy the boundary is just acknowledging um, your own value and your own importance and just realizing that your opinions are valuable, um, that, you know, you're just as important as other people are, um, and, you know, just not being, not being willing to compromise your values for anyone. Because I think that sometimes when people have more loose or fluid boundaries, they're willing to, you know, bend over backwards for people, um, even people that have wronged them or, um, you know, putting themselves in a position where they're, where people are able to use them and not really standing up and saying, you know, this is enough. Yep. Um, I think it's healthy boundaries means that you, you share information about yourself in an appropriate way without, you know, divulging too much information, but, um, but being, you know, but telling enough for the person to know something about you, but not telling too much and not telling too little. It's about having that balance, I would say, um, you know, having a good understanding of, of what your wants and your needs are and knowing how to ask for what you want to need and, and knowing when to say no, I think that's a huge thing. Um, and it's something that a lot of, you know, the, the clients that I serve struggle with is saying no and really setting limits on, um, on in their relationships with other people and even with themselves, because I think that's important when we talk about boundaries. It's about, um, you know, putting limits in your relationships with other people, but also yourself, because there are people that don't have very good limits with themselves that run themselves ragged. Um, due to expectations that they put on themselves. So, mm -hmm. so that would be kind of how I would differentiate between the different types of boundaries. With that said, can you give us an example of how Black women can use these healthy boundaries in overcoming um, superwoman persona? Like, how can they put this into play? Yeah, well, I would say that um, a good first step is just to uh, acknowledge what your values are and just take note of like what is important to you because I think that at the end of the day it really comes down to like what are your values like what do you want your life to look like yeah what, 
um, what's important to you because a lot of the people that I see running themselves ragged, like they are exhausted emotionally, physically, mentally, because they realize that that's really not how they want to live their lives. And, um, they're just kind of allowing themselves to be, um, guided, I guess, by other people's expectations, um, just led by like what other people think they should do. Um, and, and just wearing this cape because that's what's always been expected of them. Um, like kind of being an Olivia Pope for their family. And I've heard that before, you know, when I've been working with clients, like I'm the Olivia Pope of the family, like everyone expects me to do it all. Um, so I think just being, just taking an honest assessment of, of what our limitations are, because we all have them, whether it's limitations um, in the amount of energy we have and the amount of time we have, um, just what we're able to do like we just can't do it all um and and one thing that i tell people is like even even if you can do something it doesn't mean you should um because everything is is kind of a, a sacrifice so if you're spending your time in in this way over here like say you have a family member that wants you to do all this stuff for them and you're spending all your time doing that that's taking away from you doing stuff that's important to you um and that you you may actually want to do something that may help you feel rejuvenated and refreshed or something that may be important for your self-care. So I think that, yeah, at the very core of it would be just taking an assessment of, of values. What's important to you? How do I want my life to look? Um, and just recognizing that, that your needs kind of supersede other people's needs. And I know that that may be hard for some people to acknowledge but it is true that you can't pour from an empty cup and that if you're constantly helping other people get their needs met but ignoring your own right eventually you will kind of just you will burn out yeah exactly you can't do that forever yep so, um i think that's important yeah okay. yeah um, you gave us like a lot of good like um things for people to think about, but I'm wondering if you have like takeaways or homework that you want our listeners to do. Well, I do. Um, I think one thing to think about would be um, not just think about, you know, what your values are, but also think about like what's within your control. I think that sometimes at the core of like the superwoman syndrome is also trying to um, have control over everything. Cause a lot of people I, I talk to and I'm like, okay, well let's, let's think about how we can delegate some of this stuff to other people. And then it's like, well, I, I don't really want to delegate that to other people because I, I don't believe that they're going to get it done the way that I want it done. Or I don't want to ask so-and-so to clean the house because it's not done the way that I would do it. And it's like, okay, but do you really want to keep running yourself ragged trying to do everything? Um, you know, so it's kind of like, we have to look at what, um, what can we let go of, I guess, and what are we willing to um, give up? Or, yeah, what are we willing to give up in order to gain um, in a certain area? Like whether that's gain more time doing the things that we really enjoy doing, or gaining more energy because we're not expending it in this area. Um, I do, one thing that I've, I've come up with is like a self-care and values assessment worksheet 
Um, and I often give that to my clients, but I do have a link to that in my Instagram bio um, where people can actually request a copy of that. So that's, that's actually a good starting place because a lot of the questions are centered around, you know, what your values are, um, to what extent does your, the way you're living your life reflect your values. If it doesn't reflect your values, how can you make it or what adjustments can you make so that it, it's reflecting your values more than um, more than it is right now like those kinds of things I think would be like good homework for people to do yeah for sure oh wow yeah those are great um, homeworks and takeaways mm -hmm. um, I know we're going to put it in our post your uh, Instagram but can you go ahead and let the listeners know your Instagram sure so um, my Instagram is at empowered to thrive RVA. Um, and then I'm also on Facebook. The, um, the page is empowered to thrive counseling and wellness LLC. Um, and then I have a blog on my website um, where I talk about, you know, a number of different wellness, self-care, that kind of thing. Um, those sorts of topics. And that's www.empoweredtothriverva.com. So that's where people can find me online. Nice. Well, thank you so much. You are doing powerful work. I think that even you, like, like you said, linking yourself to other businesses and other like mm -hmm. platforms that are focused on the healing of black folks. I think that that's, it's powerful and it's, it's needed. Um, so I most definitely wish you all the success and I hope that we can stay connected. Most definitely. Thank you for your time. Oh, absolutely. Well, you guys are doing too. Yeah, thank you for you guys too. All right, y'all. So we hope you enjoyed um, our discussion. So when I used to do therapy when I was in grad school, um, one of my black clients in particular, she always talked about her struggle with black superwoman syndrome. And so one day, you know, I printed out this article. It's from Ebony, and it's called "Depression and the Black Superwoman Syndrome." It was a really popular article, and at the time. It was always being reposted on my Facebook. So I said, you know what? I'm going to read this. I'm going to print this out. And I, what I did was I printed it out and I had her highlight some of the things that stood out for her and we processed it together in therapy. And it was really powerful. And so from there, I started keeping copies in my bag. And I started, whenever people talk about Black Superwoman Syndrome, I'd be like, oh, I got this article with the article out my bag. I think I did that with like 10 people. Because um, I was like, you know what? Y'all keep talking about this. Y'all need to realize like what y'all are really talking about. And so I revisited the article um, as we were talking and the article talks about how black women, like although we don't look like it, we age faster than white women because of the stressors of being black superwoman. Um, and then another part that really stood out for me in the article, it just said, um, we become afraid to admit that we're hurting and struggling because we fear that we will be seen as weak and we can't be weak. We spend our lives witnessing our mothers and their mothers be strong and sturdy like rocks. We wanna be rocks somehow realizing that you're not a rock. Oh, well, this lady's talking about her experience. So she says, sometimes realizing I wasn't a rock, I found my way out of bed and onto my therapist's couch. I became exhausted with carrying all of these masks and capes. All I knew, if I didn't get help quickly, I wasn't going to survive. And so that part stands out for me because I was in a black emotional and mental health training. And we were talking about black superwoman syndrome. And somebody yelled out, superwoman ain't really even a hero. And everybody turned and looked and we all started dying laughing because we were just like, 
Okay, so what does that mean? So Superwoman's not really a hero. We say that um, Black women have Superwoman syndrome. I think that it means that it's okay to take off this imaginary cape that ain't even really a cape because we ain't really even a superwoman. I mean, a superhero. <laughs> so basically, it means like you have the um, you have the uh, the choice to you know be weak at times. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I noticed that in our conversation, Daniku's making faces at me. So I feel you got something to say. <laughs> yeah I, I gotta call you out um call you i'm calling you in i'm calling you in so yeah call me, call me uh, in. yeah as jasmine was talking about this whole delegation piece of like being able to sometimes delegate stuff to other people mm-hmm. my don't do it y'all and anytime i try to mention any in my opinion things about delegate like oh maybe we could you know do this is like nope nope we just we should nope we should do it we should do it I don't I don't think it's good. nope nope and I mean I I get it to a certain extent because uh, you know nobody's gonna do something how you wanted to how you wanted to do it exactly how you wanted to do it mm-hmm. but sometimes you just gotta you gotta trust the process and you gotta let people make oh, the mistake no. and bump their head so they can get it eventually um so yeah yeah but. You 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 handle it well. You wear your cape well. You wear your cape. You wear your cape the well. Cape. <laughs> right, your fake cape. You wear it well. Um, and then it comes to like these. Okay, so is it like is this even a persona for you, or is this like some traits are just who you are? Mm-hmm. Like you might not like the same things that make me tired don't make you tired mm-hmm. and just you know goes for every other person because when I look at all the things you do I'm exhausted but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's too much for you you know what I'm saying so then that's like sometimes stepping outside of our own selves to be like well maybe that's not you know maybe that's not her taking on too much maybe that's taking on enough for her um so I think it's a little bit of both probably uh, <laughs> with you of like, you just, you just can, you can handle a lot. That's just who you are, but also do you need to handle as much as you, you have. Right. And I know I can fit in it too. I know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I know. But um, you have any, a book, a movie or article, anything you can think of as far as this? It makes me think about the Alicia Keys song when she's like, even when I'm a mess, I still put it on my vest. You know that song, right? <laughs> and that's crazy because that's like my fav- one of my favorite songs. <laughs> really? I don't know. I think that Black Superwoman Syndrome is a... I feel like you have to find the balance. I don't think that it's something that's bad. I don't necessarily think it's something that's like the golden standard. I think you have to find the balance because I think that as Black people there's so much strength in all that we can do and whether that means we get deemed as like a superhero whatever I think that's powerful that we can do so many things I think that the fault is just sometimes we do so many things and we don't realize that we can take a step back so I feel like it's important to find that balance it's important for you to be able to say no um it's important for you to share your journey with people and how you do find the balance because I noticed like my film scholar girls I'm always telling them like you know, I had to find balance because when I first used to do Film Scholar, it was like I ate it, I breathed it, I walked in it, I wore it. Like, it was kind of ridiculous. And I told them about how now, like, I don't do all that extra stuff. 
Like I don't have to do those things. So I think it's just important to find the balance. I mean, if you want to be a black superwoman, define that for yourself and what that looks like. If you want to be whatever else, define yourself and what that looks like. Everything in balance. So. I noticed you said that you you said you don't have to do those things. What do you mean? Why come you don't have to do those things? What part are you talking about? You said when I first started Slim Scala, I wear it, I breathe it. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't have to do those things because, well, I feel like with a business and my entrepreneurs, people who have businesses, you know, when you first start off your business, you kind of have to bust your ass. Mm -hmm. But if you put your all into it, mm -hmm. then people will just start to be attracted to your business. So like when I first did Film Scholar. I was driving to Ingle all the time, popping up at people's schools, doing X, Y, and Z things. I haven't went to nobody's school in like three years because people know what Film Scholar is. I don't have to go seek people out. I don't have to post, because I used to like post up every single day. I used to wear the shirt like every single day. I wear the shirt when I feel like it. I post when I feel like it because I put in all the hard work now. So when you put your passion into something and you do the hard work, it'll eventually work for itself. So I don't have to do all these extra things that I used to have to do. I think the piece where I was struggling though was because I am focused on getting my girls to go to college. So mm -hmm. I used to have my phone on loud. So if they text me at 1 a.m., do a letter of rec, I wake up out my sleep and do it. Like it would get kind of ridiculous. And I always tell them, you text me at any time. You call me anytime. Like I'm stopping to do whatever you need. And I really was doing that. So then I ended up telling them, you know what? Don't contact me on Sundays. I don't want to talk to nobody. Then it started being, don't contact me between this time. Now it started being, uh, I'll get to you when I get to you. <laughs> so now I have, I'll get to you when I get to you. If you want to talk to me, text me before. Let's set up a time we're going to talk. I don't do that. Just call me anytime thing. I'm going to stop my life to talk to you type of thing because that's when it gets in the way of like you having your own life. So I had to find that balance. So deep. Those are super healthy boundaries. I'm mm -hmm. so glad you found the balance and you Girl, making it look like, make it look like cake. Do you hear? <laughs> um, but as far as events, I was just thinking like you know we usually have events our our own or even other events. The event is to listen to podcasts, Black Women Killing <laughs> podcast. You haven't listened to all the episodes. This is the perfect time to binge our episodes. You know. At this point, I don't know if the coronavirus thing is still going on, but if it is, even if it's not, this is the time to binge podcasts. Um, so, yeah, we have some really, really dope topics. We've had some in, in amazing guests, and we've even had episodes that we've done just by ourselves that are amazing as well. So, yeah, binge and share it. Share it to everybody. Share it to everybody, anybody you think that it can help share it yeah most definitely do you have anything you want to share Danica no that's it all right thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of black women tilling pod we hope that by the time you hear this that we ain't stuck in our homes anymore but if you are I mean like the best of it right um so we'll be back with new episodes continue to stay tuned like comment and subscribe on all platforms. All right, peace.